Coming up on Mayo Clinic Q&A, we'll hear from a man who's battled hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. We'll also hear from his doctor, who will explain the disease, treatments, and how the two have forged a path to recovery. Welcome everyone to Mayo Clinic q and I'm Dr. Helena Gazelka, and boy, do I have an exciting story to share with you today. We have a patient story today that you are not going to miss, so want to miss, so settle in and listen. At the age of 15, Justin Vigil was diagnosed with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. This genetic condition causes the muscles of the heart to thicken and makes it difficult for the heart to pump blood. Justin had a cardiac defibrillator placed, but over time, his heart began to fail. When looking for answers and hope, Justin and his family turned to the Mayo Clinic. There, thanks to science, research, and an innovative procedure performed by the man who developed it, Justin got his life back. Joining us to discuss his inspiring story today is Justin Vigil and Mayo Clinic heart surgeon, Dr. Hartzell Schaff. Welcome both of you to the program today. Thank you for having us. Thank you for Thank having me. It's an honor. Oh, honor it's such here. an honor to have you here today. I'm just delighted. Justin, take us back to when you were diagnosed. Did you say that you were 15 years old? Yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up a pretty normal childhood up till I was about 15. Uh, and I, I fancied myself an athlete, even though my, my true passion, uh, I would later discover was, you know, was music and I grew up in a, a musical household. Uh, but I wanted to be an athlete. And uh, I love football, still do. And I joined the football team. And I, I was a little, I, I was like a little bit bigger than the kids in middle school. But like once I got to high school, I was just, I was a, a peanut. So there was a two year period where I had some size. And the coaches were like, hey, let's get you on the football field. And, uh, you know, I had a good year, junior varsity year. And then uh, ninth grade, move up to varsity team. And in uh, August, before, you know, school started, we had a, uh, you know, summer practices and we were running, uh, you know, 40 yard drills and I passed out. And oh, it was the wow. first time that had ever happened. Um, and it, there's a lot of people um, along my journey that have had critical, there are a lot of people that, that put their hand up that didn't really have to, or could have just glossed by it. And, and I had a great coach uh, who called my mom and said, Hey, something's up with Justin he passed out. We don't know what's going on. And he's acting like he's fine, but you know, maybe come get him. And, uh, my mom took me to, uh, you know, local doctor and they listened to my heart and they said, no, there's something weird going on here. Don't quite know what it is. So they bounced me over to St. Christopher's, um, in Philadelphia. I grew up in Bucks County, PA and, uh, St. Christopher's, they, they took a look at me and they said, uh, we think you have this thing called athletic heart syndrome and your, your heart looks a little thick. Um, let's, let's just put you on ice for the next six months and see what happens. So this was about a week before my 16th birthday. Hmm. And I'm like, totally thrown for a loop. But at this point, I think oh, I'm gonna, I'm probably fine. It's just like, because I've been lifting weights and going through puberty. And they're just like, yeah, but your heart's getting thick because you're doing too much. So let's just chill. Um, six months go by, February rolls around, go back. Hey, uh, this didn't go away. It's actually getting worse. Um, and I, and I, you know, started having issues walking up the stairs and, you know, then I started to think like, man, you know, I do get really winded when I'm walking. I do have an issue walking home from the school bus. Like going up the stairs is a problem for me. Get, I get lightheaded when I get up from sitting down. And I just thought everybody is like that. Everybody mm -hmm. hates walking. Everybody gets lightheaded. And, you know, my parents didn't know to ask. I mean, what parent 
is going around thinking like, hey, are you lightheaded? You know? Um, so one by one, these little changes started to happen. Um, and it escalated, you know, there's really two stages of my HCM. And it was, you know, the initial uncertainty. And then my mother, Mary Beth, who will come up a, a bunch of times on this podcast, my mother is um, ferocious. She is tenacious. She is, she does not give up, doesn't take no for an answer. Um, and she was not getting an answer that she could sleep with. You know, she did not like this uncertainty. And, you know, the Philadelphia metropolitan area, I'm not going to name all the places we went, but rest assured, every facility, children's or adult from Philadelphia down to Delaware, um, we went and it was like for a whole year going to appointments, not getting an answer. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Till suddenly, you know, she did some research and she found Marty Marin, uh, which was the first time we got any sort of clarity on what was going on. Uh, you know, Dr. Marty Marin uh, up at Tufts Medical Center in mm -hmm. uh, Boston. You know, his father, one of the pioneers of HCM. And I'll never forget, he got a hold of my paperwork and he called my mother and was like, I'm very concerned about your son. Uh, how quickly can you get him here? So my parents pulled me out of school. We got in the car and that was the first of our many dozens of trips to Boston. And uh, I'll never forget sitting in his office and going, okay, we know what you, we know what you have. It's hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. It's serious. And you're trending in a direction where it's going to get more serious. Uh, Justin, walking, it sounds like that, that progressed really quickly from you not really having symptoms before that yeah. voice that you recognized before that time in the practice field. Yeah. From, from, from about 15 to 18, it like, mm. So that was like, it really escalated by the time I was, I, I only went to, I think, um, maybe three months in my sophomore year, my junior year, I think I went into school uh, the first week, and then they pulled me for the whole year. And then by my senior year is when I got my first ICD. So we were still going all over the place trying to find, find an answer. I want so, to jump in here and ask sure. Dr. Schaff, Dr. Schaff, how common is hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or HCM. And does this uh, pathway that Justin followed, does this disease always lead to heart failure? Well, the, the disease is present in between one in 200 and one in 500 people. So it's, it's a relatively common genetic uh, cardiac hmm. condition. Now, many patients don't have symptoms and you can have a thickened heart muscle without having heart failure the way uh, Justin did. And most patients who have what you were calling heart failure have <clears throat> obstruction to the outflow of blood. So they have what we call obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Justin had a very specific problem that is uh, present in a minority of the patients with hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. He had what's called apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. So he didn't have obstruction to the outflow of blood, but he had this thickened heart muscle that was reducing the volume of his ventricle. So he couldn't push as much blood out with each stroke because there wasn't room for it. Right, that's right. So each time his heart would beat and eject blood, it was not ejecting a normal amount. And when it was called upon to increase the cardiac output by ejecting more, it couldn't do it because it's too, it was actually too small. The ventricle was too small. 
Justin, how did you meet up with Dr. Schaff? My mom used to bring these binders to our appointments when we were going to different doctors. And it was like, a, it was, it started as one three inch black binder turned into like four or five. And she would have a little tote bag and she'd bring it and we'd be sitting there with the doctor. And we were like cardiologists at that point. And, and the doctor would say <laughs> something and she'd be like, hang on. And she'd be like flipping through the pages. Yeah. But like right here, what is this? You know, like you're telling me, you know? And so she was looking into everything and she found a, a video on YouTube of someone at the Mayo Clinic talking about this procedure, the transapical myectomy. So she was like, well, what's this all about? So she gets on the phone with Marty and Marty's like, look, I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you, but let me see, make a call. And I think uh, Marty had a relationship with, with uh, someone there in your, in the, in the cardiology department, mm -hmm. got him like right on the phone and was like, Hey, I uh, got this kid. He's special. He's stuck in the mud. He's not going to do the transplant, but we got to do something. Do you have any, is there anything you can do? So he said, send us your stuff. And I mean, it took like, a, like, I don't know, three hours. And they're like, how soon can you get Justin here? And it's, this was like in November. And I'm like, my nieces, I have two beautiful, like three beautiful nieces now, uh, but at the time identical twins. And they were about, they were going to be one years old uh, in January that coming up. And I, I was like, well, I want to have, if something goes wrong, I want to have my, their first Christmas. I want to be with them. So I said, yeah, that's great. You guys want to see me, but I'm not coming till after Christmas. And then people at the Mayo Clinic were like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you're, you got to get here now. There's no, and I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm going to have this Christmas with my family. I want to be whole for it. I want to see my nieces on Christmas. And that's what we did. And then, mm. um, the last You're determined guy, <laughs> I am very stubborn. Yes. And, and those last two months were, were some of the hardest times of my mm -hmm. life, uh, physically, uh, getting out. I'm going to ask Dr. Schaff to step in and tell us, Dr. Schaff, what, when you see someone like Justin coming to the Mayo Clinic, what are the, some of the standard treatment options that are used for an individual like this? Justin mentioned a cardiac transplant and what led you to develop, um, a procedure to treat this? apical myectomy. Sure. Well, first of all, Justin had <clears throat> had had very good medical treatment before then, so there really wasn't an option to try a different drug. And for patients with apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and heart failure, medication does not work very well. So hmm. he was at the crossroads. It's either have a heart transplant or, or try something different. At that time, we had done this operation in probably 50 or 60 patients, but the idea came up because we were reviewing patients here with one of the cardiologists, and we do lots of septal myectomies for obstructive hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And the cardiologist said, well, it's too bad you don't have an operation for this type of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy because these patients are very difficult to manage and the only option is transplant. And so when we looked at several patients' images, we could see that this small cavity could be enlarged by going through the apex of the heart. Um, and it, the, the physiology <clears throat> is similar to what we've studied in the laboratory for different kinds of problems, <clears throat> but basically it involves enlarging the ventricular cavity. So by the time Justin arrived, we had done this operation enough times that we knew that it worked. We didn't have long-term uh, outcome, or we weren't able to tell him and his family that this was going to work forever. 
but uh, we were optimistic. And Dr. Schaff, when you say um, myectomy, that implies to me that you're cutting muscle. Do you actually cut some of the muscle out or thin the muscle? Right, we, we, we remove muscle to make the, the ventricular chamber larger, yes. Now, that was a decade ago, so how many patients have had this treatment now? Well, it's a little complicated because the operation that, that Justin had is called a transapical myectomy to enlarge the ventricle. We've probably done that now in 200 patients, and we've uh, written reports on this. The last time we reported it, we had about 110 or 115 patients. And we compared the long-term survival of those patients to patients who, had, who were waiting for heart transplants who had hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And the patients who had this operation did a little bit better. Their survival was better than a patient waiting for a heart transplant. And in fact, their survival was a little better than a patient who, who received a heart transplant. So we wow. felt like it was, it was very good treatment if, if the patients are properly selected. Now we also do the transapical incision for other types of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And I, we've done that in probably five or 600 patients. Wow, it's amazing. Justin, what has this been like for you? What was it like to go through this, this experience and how has it affected your life? I mean, the first day being awake, <clears throat> my head was shaking uncontrollably because of all the oxygen that I was now getting to my neck and my brain. And I was, I was like back. It was the craziest thing. My, my family hadn't seen me, you know, sharp and alert and aware like this in years. And I immediately was having ideas on like what I'm going to do, how I'm going to capitalize on this, what am I, I'm getting back into music. Like I've got a, I got a whole, I had a whole thing, you know, and I was like, I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to do this within a year. Um, and I, you know, I started in a wheelchair to walking with a cane, to going to cardiac rehab where I was the youngest person by 45 years without a doubt. Um, and to gentle yoga, to advanced yoga, to, bodybuilding workouts to running and touring. And I mean, I went I, in that first 12 months. I mean, uh, I look back at a video, Dr. Shafi did a speech where you showed, um, I showed my fiance, Sam, and you said, uh, Justin said we could share his story under the, uh, on, on the condition that we plug his band extract us. And she got a good laugh at it. She's like, that sounds like you. And I said, hey, well, look, even then I was still, you know, I'm still, I'm still a promoter. Um, and I mean, you and your team, Dr. Schaff, you, you changed my life, which is obvious, but it's the lives of my friends and family, uh, my band, you know, my, my podcast partner, Daryl Campbell on the Everyman podcast. Um, I, I was able to meet the woman that I fell in love with. The, my life, I almost look at my life like there was a, September 25th, 1989 to January 23rd, 2012. And then every year, you know, we call it, <clears throat> we call it my rebirth day. We're very pleased when somebody has a great result that, that you've had. Uh, the, the viewers don't understand what you were talking about when you were saying that I shared your story. I did share your story. I also shared an image of you playing your drums afterwards. I don't know if you remember yeah, that little absolutely. rip on your drum. And Just I show that every chance that I get because we talk about hypertrophic cardiomyopathy 
often. So you're well known as a drummer as well. Yeah. And, and if I could just say, you know, Dr. Shep, this is the first time I've seen you, you know, in, not in person, but as close as we can get. Um, and I just, I can't thank you enough for what you did for me um, and my family. You know, you, you enabled me to pursue my dreams. Um, and, but beyond that, the ability to share what you did for me with the world. And it's been my biggest honor to be associated uh, with you, with your work, with the Mayo Clinic. Um, you know, anytime the Mayo Clinic calls, I, I'm right there. Um, and I just, you know, for myself, my mom, my dad, my whole family, thank you. Well, you're welcome. It's, it's, it's very kind of you to say that. And as I, as I told you, we, we tell your story often when we're giving talks on hypertrophic cardiomyopathy and uh, we appreciate your staying in touch with us. And although we've not, we've not talked directly, I think in some ways we've communicated through Tracy's. We have, and, and I don't know if you can see this right here, Dr. Yeah. Schaff, but this, this handsome man right here in the black and white, that's you, buddy. That's, my, <laughs> that's one of the articles they wrote, the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I had oh, okay. above my drums. And All uh, right. Anytime I'm practicing, I, look, I have that there. I look up at it and uh, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. Thank you're, you. You're, 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 I'll never, I think about you a lot. Let's Good. put it that way. I appreciate it. I feel a, a little negligent that we didn't have your mother here today, Justin. Oh man, she, yeah, that would have, well, <clears throat> you know, I spoke with her. Uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a mama's boy, like I said. And, <laughs> Good uh, for you. We, our, our thing was, we never wanted to lose the, the memories of, of where we were to appreciate where we are now. And like, mm -hmm. we're getting ready for this wedding and it's going to be beautiful, but there's, everybody knows stress that comes with it. And like today it was just like reflecting, you know? And mm -hmm. uh, like I said before, I used to spend every waking moment of my life reflecting on this surgery, this moment in time. And as I, as I got further from it, it got easier. And I spent, instead of spending 12 months out of the year thinking about January 24th, it became eight months, then it became six months. And now I've got it to a place where I've got it buttoned up into one 24 hour period every year where I'm an emotional wreck. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> well, and congratulations, and, thank you. I think that's coming marriage. We're very, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And it's, it's, uh, it's gotta be progress, but, um, you know, this just in a nutshell, goes to show, you know, the power of, of not only the power of the Mayo Clinic's reach uh, to, to, but when this, this conversation, I guarantee you, there's a mother or a father or, or an aunt or an uncle or whatever is going to watch this and they're going to have someone in their life that has HCM. Mm -hmm. And maybe it might not be the thing I have, but it's, they're going to be like, Hey, I'm, I need answers. Mm -hmm. And now they, now they're going to know, you know, who to call. It's like the Ghostbusters. Um, well, thank you both for sharing with us today. Thank you for I have one, I have one yes. favor I'm going to ask Justin. Yes, sir. Anything for you. All right. Well, listen, we, we you have the wedding coming up, and I'd appreciate some wedding pictures. Just <laughs> no my, problem. For my own information, but I'll substitute those wedding pictures for you playing the drums. <laughs> okay? You do that. I will do that. I will do that. <laughs> yes, sir. Not a problem. All right.
Thank you so Our much. Our thanks to Mayo Clinic cardiovascular surgeon, Dr. Hartzell Schaff, who truly embody, embodies the primary value of the Mayo Clinic, that the needs of the patient come first. Thank you for being here today, Dr. Schaff. Thank you. When we come back, Justin Vigil stays with me, and we are going to talk about something we both love, podcasting. Justin's podcasting partner, Daryl Campbell, DC, will join us. So we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back everyone to Mayo Clinic Q&A. I'm here again with Justin Vigil, and now we are back with Daryl Campbell, Justin's podcasting partner. Welcome gentlemen. Hey, what's going on, Elena? Good to see you. We are here now for the fun part, to talk about things that we both enjoy, which are podcasting and silver linings. That's right. Love Thank it. you uh, again for welcoming us here uh, on the uh, Mayo Clinic podcast. It's really, a, it's, it's an honor and we're excited to be here. Okay, I need some tips from the experts about podcasting. Well, Daryl and I co-host the Everyman podcast, which is available Everywhere you listen to this podcast, you can find our show. And um, we kind of got together and we wanted to kind of express our uh, philosophy, which is, is generally be positive and shine your light um, and, and I like connect that. With, with other people that, that share that uh, passion. And then Daryl and I have this mutual interest in, in what each other's good at. Hmm. And from there, it kind of developed into a whole you know, here's, here, check out this guy. And, oh, I know this guy. And I know this guy. And we started recording these conversations and, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's turned into a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, if I were to add anything to that, I'd say that uh, we are, um, we're bros, we're brothers. It's, 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 it's one of those things that's really, um, our relationship is real tight. We, we, we really play off one another well when, when we are podcasting. And I think the, the key aspect of what it is that we do is just being genuine just having natural moments and natural conversations that people really identify with. I love that. I think that podcasting is one of those silver linings of COVID that we have seen just blossom yeah. um, over, over these last 18 months or so. What other silver linings do you guys enjoy about COVID? So early on, it's interesting you, you say that because Daryl and I had been, we, we always set goals every year for, for the show. We'll be coming up on our, our 200th episode. Wow. Congratulations. That's thank wonderful. You. Thank you, yeah. Thank you. And, and our, for our first goal was we want to do this every week, you know, without fail. And now that's turned into, we're going to do it for two years straight without missing an episode. And then you just keep, you keep building on these things. And um, when COVID came, we, we were like, well, we're going to we, like, it was rare for Daryl to have that kind of downtime mm -hmm. and me. And we're just like, all right, we're going to, we're going to maximize this. And I learned everything I possibly could about live streaming and recording and getting just getting everything to the best possible quality that we could get remotely, because the problem mm -hmm. was we were doing everything in person. And then we had to figure out how do we do this remotely? And we tried everything like if you name it, we tried it. And um, ultimately, we figured it out. But uh, we pushed ourselves to like think outside the box with what we were doing with the show and then which turned into the Everyman podcast live on Twitch and on YouTube and visual format, um, which has turned into like a storytelling version of the show now where we integrate, you know, our, our guest content into what we're talking about. So you can kind of experience the person who made that talk about it in real time, like it's commentary. So we're, we're like, 
it definitely created a set of problems that we had to solve and it's made us tighter. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree to? Well, I would, I would definitely say that, but I'd also say that, especially Helena, when you mentioned silver linings, right? So brother Jay just said that, you know, our podcast is, is the central thematic is about positivity. So for Mm -hmm. me, I would think that, and and I'm pretty sure brother Jay agrees the silver lining, especially with COVID, everybody being pent up during that time, it was the height of the COVID death toll. People were just really, and, and being honest with you, and I'm pretty sure you understand this, it was just a miserable time. You couldn't go outside, you know what I mean? It just, yeah. everything was so distant from people. So much uncertainty. Oh my goodness. And 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 I know for me, some people, a lot of people say I'm a social butterfly. I just love people. And I just love the love of that, 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 that being personable, being in the moment, being next to your brothers. And so even, even like with brother Jay, like that, like you have to like, Hey bro, I mean, I, I love you, man. We got to do it from a distance, just trying to be safe, you know, that type of deal. So, you know, but, but at the same yep. time, like the silver lining for us was that this was a way for me to see him every day. This was a way for us yep. to interact every day. And then also, you know, project that positivity to everybody else, which, Hey, I, you know, it's a resource, a place for people to come and bring their whole selves and just talk to us and we can talk to them and just learn about different people, different things, talk about music, you know, all the things that we love and like. And, you know, that's that was the silver lining in throughout that whole process. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. I think it's been a great time for people to kind of engage in things that um, really are meaningful to them that maybe uh, even things they enjoy but didn't have time to do before because we were so bustling everywhere all of the time. And um, there's, there's a, I think there are, have been a number of, um, number of changes to life that might be good. Well, they're all blessings, right? Like I look at it like this. We, we meet, like we, 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 we affectionately call it the cosmic canoe, right? Where we, we get people to yeah. come on to the show and they're in the, they're, they're in the canoe with us going on a, on a journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're in it right now, Helena. And you, you, <laughs> Yay! You, 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 we, we bring you, it with us every time. You've been in it. And, and that's another blessing. That's, you know, it's, it's just the universe at work, bringing positive people together. And, you know, we're making meaningful moments along that journey. So this is another one, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm really jazzed up to be on this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Daryl, before you came on, Justin was asking me what was going on at Mayo Clinic right now. And I was telling him how we have really entered a, uh, um, a concentrated effort to show gratefulness to our employees, because we recognize that people are exhausted, not just from taking care of COVID patients, but we have a lot of sick patients in our hospitals and everyone has just been working really hard to keep the clinic running and to take good care of our patients. And so um, one of the things that leadership decided to do, John Rico and Jeff, to um, close the clinic the day after Thanksgiving which will mean that a lot of patients are inconvenienced from having their elective procedures and surgeries, et cetera. And I'm hoping that they can uh, see the silver lining in that, that our employees are spending an extra day with their families and having some restorative time. But um, I think we're engaging on a whole program uh, of gratefulness and wellness for employees. And I think that's really important. Uh, But it reminds me, I was reminded of that when you said about taking care of each other and caring about each other. That's that's huge. And I'm glad you guys are doing that because the, the one thing and you do it even on your podcast is you pour into people information, whether whether it is, you know, just just like you say, practices, information, that's the type of stuff that realistically 
you know, gives people hope. It gives people mm-hmm. information is a huge, huge thing, especially in the medical yeah. field. And as you well know, um, and, and we do it at, at our job at NFL Films, too. It's, it's one of those things now we're silver lining uh, right now, us being together right now on this podcast. A, a silver lining now afterwards is we ha- we are more present. We are more purposeful. We are more into the fact that, hey, we have to pour into one another, just like we need to have that restorative time that which got what you guys are doing right now. Mm-hmm after Thanksgiving. It's, it's totally understandable. Yeah. I get all pumped up after we do a podcast. It's like, if I'm having a rough day or, you know, whatever it is, it's just, we, this kind of thing that we have this, it's, it's almost like it's a, it's like a ritual experience, you know, that's that we're, we're connected in. And then you're, you're putting this energy out there and it comes back to you. And, And I'll tell you a quick, quick story. And, the other day my dad is going to the grocery store and we're big fans of dream theater and we've had it's crazy to me as a little boy little young drummer man i was that was they're my favorite band it's crazy to me that i'm friends with these guys now and daryl and i are friends with them that we have them on and my dad was wearing a dream theater shirt to the grocery store and this guy walks up to him or he was wearing a dream theater shirt too which is rare because it's not very you know hey. it's not a very grocery store band and he's like oh that's cool you know right so then my dad's walking the dog the other day and this turns out this guy lives in their neighborhood. He's like, Hey, you're the dream theater guy. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know, he says to my dad, you know, there's this podcast I listen to that uh, the guys from dream theater are always on it. And I love it. I listen to it all the time. And he goes, Oh yeah, what's the name of the podcast? He's like, the Everman podcast. He's like, that's my boy. That's my son. And it's like, that's incredible. And, and it's, and it's, and it's crazy. It's like, and we've been at concerts and people have come up to me and been like, dude, I listen to your show at, you know, working on a forklift in a warehouse and i'm like dude that's we're doing that for you like we want to we want to take your mind off whatever it is you're doing you know whether you're driving or, or working or exercising whatever it is and give you a little bit of joy and, and like daryl saying like share information and, and we were joking before like sometimes this podcast is like it's an excuse to have fantastic conversations with <laughs> really interesting people that you normally don't carve time out for. And like, yeah. we just had Dylan Dixine on, who's a perspective. He's in the, the guy's in the final 400 of the NASA astronaut applicant pool. And it's like, he's an incredible. It's incredible. And then, you know, we connect with people like yourself or, you know, some of these amazing athletes that Daryl played with that are now lawyers and filmmakers and referees and actors like just it's 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 amazing and we we talk about the cosmic canoe and it's just like you're we're getting informed you know just like when we listen to your podcast you're getting informed you're getting educated but you're being entertained and it's and it's like on your time and how you want it and it's it's uh it's a great thing to be a part of at Mayo Clinic, we talk a lot about bringing hope and healing to our patients every day. And so I kind of have a ritual when I'll, while I'm driving in, I have about a 15 minute drive to work. The first part is gratefulness. So I list at least five things that I'm grateful for. I try not to repeat things every day, except for my grandsons, Liam and Owen, they get mentioned every day they because know. they're special. But after that, I try to think about the patients that I'm going to see that day or the meetings that I'm going to have. And I, I consciously um, pray and ponder and think about how I can pour myself into them and hopefully make a difference in someone else's life that day. And that's what you guys are doing too. And I just love, that's a silver lining to get to meet you guys with totally different career paths than I have had, but doing amazing 
people blessing work. Thank you. Well, we, we love that and we yeah. love you. And it's, it's also a thing too, where you find a kindred spirit, like the last podcast we had you on, I found out, Hey, you love Gerber daisies. I love, I love crane flowers. I'm like, that's just the cosmic canoe work. Just (laughs) linking some flower loving, you know, uh, patrons together. That's just amazing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's, and it's, we, we don't even really know when it came about, but at some point during our show's illustrious path here, we, we came up with the cosmic canoe and this shared journey and it's stuff like that happens at the, the grocery store or a concert or, just these connections and it, it's we're proving it and we and anytime they happen we share the story because we want people i think it's easier for people to feel connected because i think a lot of people suffer from feeling disconnected right now yes. and yes. whether it's they were already kind of on the edge going into it and then now you add mm-hmm. this on top of it and that's difficult for a lot of people and i think that's overlooked um when it comes to like what problems we're facing in my opinion Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people that are looking for a connection and they're isolated and that's why things like twitch and podcasts are so special that are different than a than a book or like a a broadcast on cable or a film Mm -hmm. because it's like this living breathing thing that interacts on either a daily or weekly whatever basis and um that's why you're seeing like people gathering in in groups around ideas you know and mm-hmm. i think positivity is is one that everybody's like catching on to like wait a minute i think it's contagious yeah mm-hmm. it's like this is actually not that hard and yeah. it's fun oh, yeah. and like yeah once you know I, I consciously made a shift to be in that direction it's it's you know it's a real thing yeah um you know compassion fatigue and burnout are Mm. topics that we talk about all the time in healthcare right now and 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 have even before covid but i do think that one of the antidotes is uh, to energizing people is positivity and so uh, you know it's great days off after thanksgiving are wonderful and very very important for uh, fatigued staff but um being a positive force um you know we always talk about how we want to provide good information that is factual that is scientific and that individuals can depend on. And I know you guys do the same thing on your podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Positivity is paramount. Um, Taking care of one another is paramount. Me and brother Jay, you know, making sure that we check in on all our guests. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's a family thing. You're not like Helena, you don't know this. I have you on my prayer board at work. It's just like, but that's, that's just how it is. You know what I mean? But, but like we, we, we put it out there in the universe. We make it plain so we can see it. And we just go towards yep. those goals and, and we bring everybody with us. And I, I just love it. I love that. Well, who would have known that when you came here as a patient, Justin, that the three of us were going to get to sit around and have a conversation later and that Dr. Schaff was going to get to um, speak and visit with you again and hear about the amazing things that have gone on in your life as a result of um, some of the um, caring that he poured into your life. It's a, it's like a, it's like a circle. It just keeps going and going. What a pod. Um, and I tell you what, I wish, I wish I could have been a, I wish I could have been in on that pod just to thank Dr. Schaff because without him, I wouldn't have my bro. So isn't that something it's amazing. It's, it's, uh, yeah, it's wild. And, um, it's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to get married here as we're recording this podcast. 
Congratulations. Um, yeah. and, and it was cool to have my fiance uh, get to pop in and, and see him and, and say hello. And, you know, she, she's been able to um, like learn about it through these conversations like in that podcast and it was cool to on a personal note it was just very cool for me to see that it's kind of mind-blowing like I was there and now I'm about to marry this woman and this is great and like it's just it's hard to kind of put it into a coherent sentence but I know people listening to this understand what I'm trying to say um and yep. uh, it's it's something special it's a good thing probably that we can't see ahead and control things because we'd probably mess it all up oh my gosh, and yeah. um, look at the places we are and the, the silver yeah. linings. Thanks yeah. for being here today, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you Stay in touch. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of the Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.